Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. (laughs) And we are here for part two of R.E.M.'s Green. I know you have all been anxiously waiting for us to geek out even more on the rest of this album. You mean they have more to say about R.E.M.? (laughs) That's right. Believe it or not, these two middle-aged white dudes do. (laughs) These two middle-aged white dudes from the South who like college rock definitely have a little bit more to say about R.E.M. We've got opinions. We've got stories. And you're here to listen to them. Welcome, folks. Oh, man. Aren't you glad you tuned in this time? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to pick it up with this next track, their number one hit. (laughs) The Wrong Child. Feel good hit of the summer. (laughs) Summer song of 1989. (laughs) Of all the songs about convalescent children, this is probably my favorite. I could see that. Yeah, yeah man, this song is sad. It, it is. Well, so many of their songs seem to be about real characters and real people that they've run across and knew. I mean, I don't know enough about the song to know if that's the case or if it's just kind of a catch-all song about yeah. a child with physical condition that prevents them from just being able to go outside and play with their friends. Yeah. And they're just sitting in the window watching every other kid is... Out in the sunshine, having fun. What do I do? What should I do? What can I say? I said, I'm not supposed to be like this, but it's okay. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, At that age, you know, I listened to the whole album. This was the last song on side one. And I remember fast forwarding mm -hmm. a few times, be like, okay. I'm not uh, really ready for a buzzkill. I'm not really ready to handle this. But looking back, when we were preparing for this and just kind of sitting in the song and thinking about the lyrics, it's incredibly beautiful, Mm -hmm. even though it's very sad. But even the title, The Wrong Child. Right. What it must feel like to be a person that is unable to participate in, in society like everybody else are on that same level. Mm-hmm. The other thing about R.E.M., we talked about this before, their songwriting process is unlike any other band that I've heard of. Bill Berry, Mike Mills, Peter Buck will come up with a song and then bring it to Michael Stipe and he puts lyrics to it. Yeah. That's just unheard of. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody else who does that. And so it makes me wonder if he's listening to this. Maybe he's driving around and sees a kid in a window. Or maybe he just, it makes him think of something sad. But that songwriting process, I don't think I'll ever get used to that. It blows my mind. Yeah. Their songs are such done lyrically in a narrative so often. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not A, B, A, B. You know, like it's not going to just rhyme like a traditional songs will. Beyond that, they're so powerful at painting a picture. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the lyrics, leap the sprinkler. Bicycle clothesman spokes, the sound, the smell of swing set hands. I mean, yeah. that's our childhood. Yeah. You just turn the sprinkler on and, and jump it. You're putting baseball cards in your bike spokes and yeah. you're doing all these things that make sounds. And, and it's even more painful when it's this vivid. Right. Because you're seeing it from the eyes of, of this child who's never experienced any of those things. Yeah. Again, keep in mind, this is their major label debut. Right. And so people who are concerned about them 
selling out, mm-hmm. you know, with something like Stand. Right. Now, they are still the weird Southern Gothic <laughs> right. and being incredibly poetic in, in their mm-hmm. lyrics mm-hmm. and their approach. This next song kind of continues the heavy theme. Mm-hmm. And this was their first single off the album released in December 1988. So this is their song trying to compete for the best Christmas song of, <laughs> of the season. This is Orange Crush. the songs about agent orange this is probably my favorite this is okay (laughs) yeah it's funny because mike mills said it's definitely an anti-war song but it's a subtle one (laughs) is it is it really that subtle especially with the video yeah we are agents of the free related to agent orange which was the toxic mix of defoliants and things that were just spread over to try and root out the gorilla sort of kill the the jungle yeah so that the gorilla warfare would cease so they'd have a way to address it mm-hmm. which vietnam was just an impossible situation right when you read about it and you look at the way they fought and it seemed that all of the generals who had fought in world war ii the korean war weren't prepared to shift right you know to be able to to do something like that so just a terrible situation mm-hmm. so Aryan sings about it and relates it to orange crush the pop drink delicious drink yeah did they ever get sued or anything obviously it's not directly it's not like they're singing about soda but yeah there's some yeah i wonder if they could have been i always wondered that interlude where i i guess that's type talking really fast i've never paid any attention to what was actually said this part this isn't about military at all yeah Even that part is typical R.E.M. combining an anti-war song with nebulous Southern Gothic kind of imagery. And it's, you know, then this whirly bird that I headed off or I had my goggles pulled off. I knew it all. I knew every back road and every truck stop. Like, what does that mean? Whoa. I never knew what he said until you just said that. This here county, hell, any county, it's just like heaven here. It seems like it has nothing to do with right. the song. Right. But then he talks about whirly bird and you know, all this stuff. So I don't know. Again, it's just sort of the, the mystery of, of R.E.M. Always mystery somewhere in there. But it's funny because you could also just sing along to the song and not know what it was about. Yeah. 
I remember somebody misheard it and thought it was, I got my Sprite, I got my orange crush. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my spine. Is yeah. it because of the... What Maybe what it did to you. Did to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this was the first single. Hello, world. Here here's, we are. Here's R.E.M. <laughs> we mentioned before, they're at this crossroads going to a major label, but also for them going into this album, Michael Stipe had asked the band to not write any more R.E.M. songs, mm-hmm. which Peter... Buck described as minor key, mid-tempo, enigmatic, semi-folk, rock balladish things. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Putting this song out first is really making a statement mm-hmm. about the direction that R.E.M. is headed. That's another one of those amazing things is that they went on to have a long storied career. This is a big moment for them. If they had continued down the same path, we would have gotten Document Part 2. Mm-hmm. We would have had a return to Reckoning. Mm-hmm. They would have kind of fizzled out. And it would have been good. But you don't get to Automatic for the People without the steps they took on each album, yeah. beginning with Green. Take a band like ACDC. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. know what you're getting with ACDC. Yep. And that's fine. That's great. You know, they're like, we're doing this. Yep. And, and we're not deviating from this. No. For 40 years, yeah. you know, we're singing about three things and two of them we can't talk about on this podcast. <laughs> right. But with R.E.M., you're getting this evolution of creativity and sound and direction. And who knows if when grunge comes along, what direction they go without this. Or which direction they would have been pushed towards. True. I think that was the big thing is for them to maintain creative control. Mm-hmm. Because what we saw is a band who started out completely DIY and mm-hmm. indie, become popular, dominate college rock. And then move that into the mainstream. As Michael Stipe put it, radio came to them. Mm -hmm. They weren't writing songs to be put out as hits. In fact, they often put out the weird first releases. You know, Drive from Mm -hmm. Automatic, a radio song. You almost always wonder if they did that to like push away the not true fans. Yeah. The way that they did that, you know, Kurt Cobain cited them as an influence in terms of how you approach being a band and how you approach being an artist and maintaining creative control. So then by the time that they were writing Man on the Moon, mm-hmm. it didn't matter what they wrote, radio was going to play it. When uh, New Adventures in Hi-Fi comes out, yeah. the first single is Ebo the Letter. Right. Which, what does that mean? Yeah. Which is a terrible single. Yeah, it's Patti Smith. Yeah. It's a good song. Really interesting song. But it's not a single. No. I mean, you heard it a lot on the radio. because it's, it's R.E.M. Because they had managed to carve their own path at that point. All right, next track. Turn you inside out. It took me a while to love the song. Oh, yeah? It, w- it wasn't one that 
I immediately was drawn to. It was one that I probably fast forwarded through some. Okay. Remember the video was kind of cool because it was just like them playing and I think he was wearing like a wool hat or as we call it here a toboggan and he had his megaphone but I also remember again reading so much into like the contents of this album and the lyrics and things that were going on I believe in watching you Mm -hmm. the way they sing it for years I thought they say they were singing I believe in Washington really yeah yeah like washington i thought uh, or or like they were sort of going back and forth between mm-hmm. watching you and washington like george like yeah like like denzel again like just thinking that this is a political album mm-hmm. it's getting political they don't like what's going on but they have hope i yeah. believe in washington kind of thing again you couldn't yeah. go on the internet and find lyrics no, that's right so you're just kind of making up what you think they're saying yeah you know man bill Berry just beats the heck out of that snare drum in this one Mm -hmm. he's so underrated as a drummer Mm -hmm. i think they're all underrated as musicians right but yeah his drumming doesn't get talked about enough this is an odd song i mean there's this weird vibe it's kind of sinister as as you look at it and kind of moody and off kilter and you're live it was like the the first time we get introduced to the megaphone that's right he used some and and it was cool i remember even at one point he like kind of does it just so you get the feedback from it that's you know, right close to the mic and, yep. but yeah i mean again like as i've aged with this album this is a song that i do love now but it's also again it, it was one that it took me a long time to just kind of sit with it yeah and learn to love it i eventually came back to it more than mm-hmm. anything i love in their songs how they use mike mills and bill barry as kind of these altering voices mm-hmm. like you said before when they said sympathize and then you got the voice saying empathize right. after that and mm-hmm. sort of a call and response it's almost like he uses it as either a conscience or a voice mm-hmm. of reason or an opposing voice mm-hmm. divide your cultured pearls in haste <laughs> i never knew what he was saying in this one i thought i did yeah <laughs> we sang it yeah <laughs> we were just singing the wrong thing yeah another thing about this album cover apparently you know it's called green but it's orange yep and apparently the color was if you stared at it and then closed your eyes you would see the color green, which is, again, they're art students, or Michael is. That's like when uh, Dave Matthews' band, Remember Two Things, uh-huh. was the uh, Gosh, those things were magic, huge. magic eye. Magic eye. And if you looked at it long enough, you know, it's like a, a hand doing yep, peace signs. Way to go, guys. Nailed it, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> there was a store in the mall that was just, just magic eye posters. Magic eye oh, posters. Yeah. It was such a phenomenon God. for a little period of time. I wonder how much time was wasted collectively among like Americans in like the mid nineties, staring at just those. staring at magic. Well, that's all. It, nobody bought anything. You yeah. would just walk in there and stare at it. Oh, and once you got it, then you'd leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool! It's an eagle. So, did they get popular because of Dave Matthews, or did Dave Matthews go, man? He was like in the mall, and that's what it was. Awesome, he was man. going to buy a new Baja at the mall <laughs> and a rain stick and a rain stick yep. for their next album. Yep. Like he got caught in that store. Oh man, happens to the best of us. Boyd is like, "Come on, Dave, I got to get to GNC. Got to get my creatine. <laughs> my creatine. <laughs> if we're gonna make it big, it's gonna be because of these guns and this magic eye poster. Yeah. And meanwhile, they had to go pick up Stefan from Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> little guy little champ come on champ yep we gotta practice champ (laughs) and then i guess Leroy and uh carter were i don't know where were they sbarro orange julius no they're probably at k&w for the early bird special (laughs) remember when chick-fil-a was only in the mall oh yeah good times well i just remember it was a big deal when i saw one outside of the mall i was like like, where are we living what year is this (laughs) 
I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've thought of everything. I remember in college, I came back on a Christmas break and I had met this girl at college and she was actually from Virginia Beach also. We went to the mall just to kind of walk around Christmas shop, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And we ate at Chick-fil-A and I'm sitting there telling some dumb story and she can't breathe. She's laughing so hard and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm killing it. She loves it. And then I realized that I had accidentally taken my straw and those stupid styrofoam cups and poked a hole in the bottom and Coke was pouring out onto the table and my lap. She noticed it before I did. She just couldn't breathe. And uh, yeah, so. I am not the type of dog that could keep you waiting for no good reason. Run a carbon black test on my job. can swing my megaphone and long arm the rest. It's easier and better to just beat it from the chest. Desire. I could walk into this room. Of all the songs. They reference medieval monk torture devices. This is definitely my favorite. This is it. Yeah. I don't know. The band Catherine Wheel. That's a medieval Iron Maiden torture device. Yeah. Pootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> Bring the Blowfish over to the street. Don't forget the Hootie. Yeah. <laughs> you know where to put it. Another song that 13 year old Matt was kind of like, what? You're into, it's the end of the world as we know it, and the one I love, and Stand, and pop song A9, and then this this song about a dog, and you're not really sure what it's about, and probably a song I fast-forwarded through as a kid. Yeah. But I love the song. So incredibly beautiful. Mm -hmm. So moving. So vivid. So I mean, the imagery of it is just incredible. And it seems to be about a relationship, but he talks about, you know, you can hang your hair shirt on the lowest rung and I can hang my hair shirt. Actually, I didn't realize he said this away up high in the attic of the wrong dog's life chest. What What does that mean? Or bury it at sea. He's basically saying like, we can put away the, the means of penitence and just forgive one another and be together. I love in the end when he says, it's a beautiful life, my life. It's a beautiful life, your life. Mm Mm-hmm hair shirt the idea being you need to do penitence for something you've done Mm -hmm. so you put this hair shirt so it's itchy it's uncomfortable it's terrible Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean this idea of forgiveness and it's okay and Mm -hmm. and there's a really good i'm trying to remember what's the guy's name Pee Wee herman nailed it matlock that's it yeah, this is a song you naturally think of being covered a lot you know glenn hansard oh yeah if you go on youtube he's got a wonderful version of the song. I got special requests for this song tonight, so I'll do my best. This is an Orient song. Or- Orient? Orient?
Actually, it sounds pretty good. But hearing even someone that good sing a Michael Stipe song, it lets you see how unique yeah. his phrasing and his delivery is because mm-hmm. nobody can imitate it. Yeah. He can bring an air of sincerity mm-hmm. and sing a song such as Everybody Hurts. You believe it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, most people sing that. It, if, Rod, know, if Rod Stewart did it, right. you'd be like, oh, oh geez, yes, Rod. we think you're sexy, Rod. Yeah. It's okay. Got it. Don't kick a soccer ball at my head. <laughs> The album originally was going to be a rock side and an acoustic side, and then they didn't have enough acoustic songs, but mm. this seems like it would be one of those. I'm glad they didn't do that, Yeah, because Green is amazing, but also it's nice that we've just had two really intense songs, yeah. and this one is a nice breather there mm-hmm. to break it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Was Alf wearing a hair shirt? Alf? Oh, yeah, I think so. Or was he just a hair shirt? He was one big hair shirt that loved to eat some cats. <laughs> How did that show exist? For like many seasons. Yeah. Number one. Hey, Willie. <laughs> hey, Willie. Hey, Willie. Where's your cat? Did he ever eat the cat? He just tried. Yeah, he, he tried, he by try. God. He chased that cat. I'm surprised PETA didn't protest. Even PETA was like, eh, that's Alf. <laughs> Alien's going to do it. Alien's going to alien. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love that show. I mean, there's one premise I mean, to yeah, it, right? Um... <laughs> they got to hide him. They got to hide right? Alf. That's the only premise. Yeah. Did no one else find the spaceship? That he crashed? Or did they, did they like find it and hide it? I don't know. cover remember. it up with a tarp? Like in Back to the Future? Right. Did they ever leave the house? Did they go out in public? Like would Alf go to the store? Uh, I think he did. Because I, I do think there are some episodes where Alf is walking. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. That's right. I don't see a lot of R.E.M. songs covered. Maybe it speaks to what you were just saying about Stipe's vocals and delivery. I mean, yeah. on one hand, you know, they're so well known and, and you know, you and I talk about, we sing along to them. We don't always know what we're singing. That's a tall order to do a good job pulling off an R.E.M. song. They were popular for so long, but we also haven't seen anyone bring back a song of theirs and redo it no. and get famous mm. or a famous person do that. Right. I'd love to see Billie Eilish take on Shiny Happy People. Mm. She could cover that. Ooh. Yeah. Pitbull. Yep. Tackle. Shiny Happy People. <laughs> Cardi B could do Night Swimming. Oh, man. Yep. Ebo the Letter by, like, Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know a lot of modern oh, artists, yeah, do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Pitbull still a thing? Kids, you like Pitbull? <laughs> or in all honesty, like, Miley Cyrus. Do, mm-hmm. like, a genuine cover of something like Losing My Religion. Yeah. Or, I would, that I would, would actually be interested well Miley's covers, aside from us in our Tom Petty epipod, yeah. dogging her for her. Well, that was her dad's fault. Ruining Wildflowers. Wildflowers, thank you. Other than that, like she has some really decent covers out there. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see her That'd cover an R.E.M. song. Let's make it happen, Miley. Miley, I know you're listening. Leave your dad at home this time, yeah. hey? Next track, I Remember California.
This song could be on Fables. It has that minor chord feel of feeling Peter gravity's Bugs guitar. pull yep. or maps and legends. Yeah, and... it's just a cool song. It's yeah. a song that you wouldn't think of at first, that you wouldn't really notice. Mm-hmm. But Bill Berry's drumming on this. He's he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. He usually doesn't live on the toms like he's doing mm-hmm. in these verses. And then Mike Mills has that kind of creepy Halloween. <laughs> Mike, he's, he actually prefers to go by Mike Myers in the song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, this Halloween movie's were the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that when I was like five. That's good parenting. It's 80s parenting is what <laughs> that is. True. Oh, yeah, because I watched Salem's Lot when I was probably like five or six. Yeah. For weeks after that, I would look out the window expecting to see like a vampire floating outside my window. Mike Myers was so scary because it was just a real dude. Yeah. It was just a It wasn't supernatural. Yeah. It wasn't demons and mm-hmm. ghosts. It was, And he was quiet. Yeah. 80s, man. Horror movies, five and six years old, yeah. no problem. <laughs> no problem. That's why I can't do scary movies anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. With I Remember California, too, I also remember thinking, like, man, they, they really don't like California. <laughs> like, it seemed very much like, here are all the bad things that can happen in California, and this is all the, the negative places. What's negative? What's negative in it? Well, traffic jams. Uh-huh. But bumper cars are good. Wolverines. Yeah. Wolverines, <laughs> sure. Was this on the soundtrack to Red Dawn? Red Dawn. <laughs> Oh my gosh, have we talked about Red Dawn? If we have. If you are an 80s kid, then Red Dawn is so impactful and a big deal. Mm -hmm. If you are not, it makes no sense. But this is during the era where it's the Cold War. Mm -hmm. Growing up, it's like we heard about the commies. Mm -hmm. It was like Russia's going to get us and there's nuclear war. At some point, one side's going to push a button. Yep. Then the other one will and it's all done. Yeah. That specter was always hanging over. Yeah. It wasn't until Red Dawn that I started thinking, oh crap. What if instead of that, they just invade us? Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly sitting in like my middle school classroom. Yeah. Yeah. It was an old high school. Been, it was now a middle school, but it was big classrooms and big closets at the back. And uh-huh. I remember thinking like, all right, so when, when the commies yep. invade, I'm going to hide in that closet. We had plans. Like mm-hmm. there was a railroad track that ran right by the school. It was yep. like, okay, well, we're going to get on that track and we're going to just run as far as we can. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a classroom that I sat in that I didn't come up with my Red Dawn plan. Yeah, I was in college, and I remember sitting there because there's a railroad yep. near the JMU campus, and I remember thinking that I'm going to get there. That's my out. Yeah. You know. Super impactful. Mm. But also, how ridiculous. <laughs> the U.S. is huge. Right. And what state were they in? It was either Indiana like Colorado. I mean, it was, like, oh, it was Colorado. It was Colorado. Colorado but they they're in, in the middle of the country. They're essentially in the geographic center of the United States. And they get invaded at the exact same time that the rest of the country gets invaded. Right. And we didn't see it coming. I had no idea. <laughs> and then, of course, a band of spunky upstart high school students yeah. are what turned the tide of the war. Yeah. 80s teen movies were incredible. Yeah. Breakfast Club, 16 yeah. Candles and all that. But even Red Dawn yeah. had like these great actors. In Patrick it. Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, yep. Leah Thompson, uh, Baby from Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Grey Jennifer was in Grey there. Jennifer Grey is in it. So, and then Powers Booth is the... The general who like manages to escape and they you know kind of befriend him and that's he, right. And then you've got this whole scene where they have to kill one of their friends. Yeah, why do they have to kill a friend? Because he had, he had a bug on him. He had, <gasps> he had swallowed a, a tracking that's device right. for, the, for the Maddie um, was Maddie. Maddie. No, Maddie's Maddie. the one who went insane. Ma- no, Maddie is Patrick Swayze's brother. Yeah, who ends up getting shot um, at one point, and Patrick Swayze oh, is holding, holding him like, at the Maddie. end. Yeah, Maddie. Yeah, that's right. One of them sold them out. Yep, and said to shoot him. Wow. Kill him. And didn't Jennifer Grey shoot him? Or no, maybe Maddie I think did. I think Swayze. Of course Swayze does. Swayze. Yeah. I kind of want to go watch Red Dawn. Though. I do. 
Yeah. All right, kids, gather around. Yeah, come on. Oh, you want to go back to school in person? (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. That's the last song on the album, right? Yeah, that's it. We're done. There's no more. No other songs. Until Peter Buck was like, I want to play drums. Yeah, and they're like, oh, boy. (laughs) Here we go. really glad this song is on here because i feel like to end it with i remember california mm-hmm. would be such a kind of almost downer you yeah know, you need something light like this it took me a few months of listening to this tape to know that it was on here to one day let it keep playing and it went into the song i feel like on the tapes on some of them there was even like an 11 but yeah nothing. it didn't say untitled it was it just say 11. 11 yeah I used this song when when one of our one of my daughters was born, and we put together like a oh, nice. a video, like a photo, a mm-hmm. video montage of the first week or so, of, you know, introducing her. This is the song we put behind it. That's cool. Yeah, I've I've, I've always loved the song. Yeah, and the beautiful interplay of Mills's high mm-hmm. vocals mm-hmm. echoing Michael Stipe. It's a pretty song, and you're right; it's a great closer. From Orange Crush on, it's almost more of a downer of an album at that point. Yeah. But also the second side. Yeah, first side's like the pop side. Get up, yeah. pop song. And How did they do this? What did they name the sides? Oh. Because they always did it, something Was fun. it air and metal? It might have been air and metal. Which makes sense. Was it hair metal? Hair and metal. Because air, I mean, it would make sense because air, it's, li- it's lighter. It's mm-hmm. aspirational and metal is. Because the second side was nothing but uh, Metallica songs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Peter Buck try to play Metallica. Oh my gosh. Listeners, one thing we always do is challenge each other. If you had to remove a song, mm-hmm. which one would it be? And so, Matt, REM is... They're going to make you wear a hair shirt. Yeah. They've ordered you a hair shirt from Abercrombie. <laughs> you got to go to the mall and pick it up. Yep. If you don't remove a song off green. So if you had to, mm-hmm. which song would you remove? For me, it would be I Remember California. Okay. Again, the two songs that I always kind of struggled with the most, but have since come to love both of them. I Remember California and Turn You Inside Out. I remember California, it's just a little too dark for me for this album. Like you said, it, it's kind of some sinister parts to it. You always think of you know, how would the album hold up if the song was removed. And I think Green would still be essentially a great album if I remember California was not on it. What about you? What's what's the song you would remove? Uh, you Are the Everything. Just yep. kidding. <laughs> 
You know what? I had been leaning towards The Wrong Child because mm-hmm. that song always, you know, I've fast forwarded and it's such a downer. Mm-hmm. You've actually changed my mind. I think I would take off I Remember California too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't decide on purpose. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd go through this process and then I figured out because yeah. how do you remove a song off I mean, yeah. But after visiting that, I, I think I would remove that too. It also seems like maybe the song that doesn't fit the theme of every other song on the album. It's, it's songs about sort of current events, but also hopefulness of you know, but being an outcast and, and mm-hmm. pushing against the grain. And, and then this one's just kind of like about California. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> How incredible that a band who had finally broke through from college radio mm-hmm. onto the main stage and what they do on this album is decide to not play any more REM songs and to switch instruments yeah. and to bring in a mandolin. And right. to mix things up. And to do songs about convalescent children. And Agent Orange. And Agent Orange. Yeah. And then to become huge. Yeah. Then they toured off this album for 11 months straight. Didn't tour again for five years. And just got bigger. Yeah. And just got bigger over that time. So this album, it's a bridge from early R.E.M. to later R.E.M. Mm-hmm. It is a development for them. And it's just a really eclectic, incredible, mm-hmm. beautiful album that has rockers and acoustic mandolin songs yeah. and pop goodness there are times where i think okay this would be my entry point to someone new to rem mm-hmm. because of all of that but then i also think some of these songs are so out there yeah if you weren't already familiar with them you might be like really like that's that's weird i could see another album like life search pageant being a mm-hmm. better entry point or mm-hmm. even automatic for the people mm-hmm. to that point Green's right there in the middle. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's that bridge album that really spans old and new college indie rock R.E.M. to conquering the world R.E.M. Yeah. Matt, we knew there was no way that we were going to be able to pick a few songs off this album. Mm-hmm. And so that's what made us decide. We to, made an exception this time. Yeah, we made this a two-parter. Thanks for humoring us for two episodes <laughs> here as we like geek out on our childhood memories. We could go on album. and on too oh, yeah. with this one. Thanks again for listening to Finest Work Songs. As always, we appreciate everyone engaging with us on social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, at Finest Work Songs. Find us on Facebook as well. Send us an email, finestworksongs at gmail.com. That's right. We'll be back soon. Until then, remember that it's 2020. It's an election year, so when you vote, vote Finest Work Songs. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.